my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today, I figured, you know what, this is June, Father's Day is coming up, and I did cover a Mother's Day episode, college tours, in May, so I'm like, you know what, because I already have, like, um, a series called Parenting 102, and I do have an episode with Danny and DJ, Danny and Stephanie, Danny and Michelle. But there is another one with Michelle that I figure, okay, I'll do this one for Father's Day. Season 4, Episode 2, Crimes and Michelle's Demeanor, which aired on September 28th, 1990. In this episode, when Michelle misbehaves, Danny is in denial, believing she is still too young to be punished. Wow, um, <laughs> Dan, see, see, didn't I say, this is, the guy's letting Michelle get her own way all the time, that's what happened, Pam never would have allowed it, she never would have stood for that, and I still think, I honestly still think Michelle would have turned out so differently had Pam survived, I'm not saying the boys didn't do a good job raising Michelle, I'm just saying, there were things that Pam, I'm sure, would never have stood for, like, even in the pilot episode, when DJ's going to move down into the basement, or the garage, <laughs> because she doesn't want to share a room with Stephanie, Danny says, DJ, how would mom have handled this, and DJ says, mom would have known what I was doing before I moved down to the garage. She always knew how to handle everything. She always knew what I was going to do before I did it. And of course, I always like to read the DVD case description of the episode, because sometimes we've got winners, sometimes they're not so great, so we'll see how this one is. Michelle wraps Danny around her little finger, and Jesse buys something spectacular for Becky's third finger, left hand. <laughs> oh, I get it now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, now it says Becky's third finger left hand. One, two, three. One, two, three. The ring doesn't go on the middle finger. It goes on this, like the finger next to the pinky. Right? I'm sure it does. I mean, I'm not currently wearing... I. I haven't worn my wedding ring in a while, and that's only because, sadly, it doesn't fit my finger anymore. <laughs> and I'm sure, yes, I could get it resized and stuff like that, but then it's all a matter, guys, it's all a matter of losing and gaining weight. When you gain weight, your fingers are going to gain weight, too. So, but, you know, that's just me. All right, so... Yeah, let's see. We got any guest stars this episode? We do. Paul Wilson as Stu. And it looks like, I mean, he was in a handful of other show, you know, episodes, Moonlighting, Silver Spoons, you know, stuff like that. 
So this episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers Jeff Franklin, the creator. Written by Scott Spencer Gordon. We have some trivia. By this time, Jesse's bedroom no longer has a pink bunny wallpaper, but he does have one bunny framed that hangs on his wall. That's right. When he was doing the room over again, he did have a one pink bunny framed for Michelle because it turns out Stephanie really could care less at that point. Because Jesse's like, oh, you don't mind that I redid the room? And she's like, no, not really. But Michelle's like, but I liked the bunnies. I'm like, but you, that wasn't your room, kid. But whatever. He did manage to save one that will come in later in on in the show. You know, when Jesse gets married, he move, goes to move out. He gives <clears throat> Michelle the picture of the pink bunny. Which she will later put as a welcome home gift in the soon-to-be apartment Jesse and Becky will live in in the attic. Also, Michelle was watching the Arsenio Hall show. John Stamos, Bob Saget, Mary-Kate, and Ashley Olsen made guest appearances on that talk show. We do have one user review by Taylor Kingston. This is from June 10th, 2015. Gives it a 9 out of 10 and titles it, The One Where Michelle Misbehaves. <laughs> Clearly a Friends fan. I really like this episode. I definitely can relate to Stephanie and DJ's frustration about Michelle getting away with everything, as my older sister gets away with stuff and I don't. In this episode, Michelle becomes very naughty and misbehaves a lot, believing she won't get into trouble. For one example, when she wants to go swimming in her kiddie pool, but Danny says it's too cold outside. Well, I mean, Stephanie and DJ are raking leaves, and you usually do that in what, sometime in mid to late October, November? Even in California, I think at some point, the weather is going to be not warm enough to be sitting in a kiddie pool in your bathing suit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But Danny says it's too cold outside. She, So Michelle brings the pool inside, and Stephanie and DJ get blamed for it because they should have been watching her. I hate that. You know what, Taylor? I hate it, too. I really do. Danny is just extremely incorrigible this episode. Ugh. Danny has to start disciplining Michelle, otherwise she'll never learn and continue to do bad things. Meanwhile, Becky tries to stop Jesse from selling his valuable Elvis guitar, the one he had signed, because he wants to have money for her engagement ring. Best part of the episode, when Michelle brings the kiddie pool inside. Worst part of the episode, when Danny gets mad at Stephanie and DJ about the kiddie pool. Overall, I give this episode a 9 out of 10, which in my ratings book is amazing. Yeah, that's the thing. As far as engagement rings go, it's not about what you spend. It's the love you put behind it. I didn't need a huge... I'm, honestly, I'm going to be 100% honest, guys. I am not into jewelry. I am not. No, that's not a reason why I'm not wearing my wedding ring and engagement ring. It's just that they won't fit on my finger anymore. And I really don't want to have the thing enlarged. It just doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. But you don't got to spend an arm or leg. You don't got to take a loan out, out at the bank for an engagement ring. Here's another thing. Do you think that the person you're proposing to should get a say in what the ring looks like? Do you think, oh, let's go engagement ring shopping? Or do you think that maybe the person you're proposing to, I think maybe you just want to surprise him. Jeremy and I already knew we were going to get married. 
we dated for three and a half years. And then he, it was really funny how he had proposed because he was going to ITT Tech at the time and he said he had to go to, like, he was working at ITT Tech also. So he said, oh, I have to go there to pick something up or whatever. And I said, oh, well, can I come with you? He's like, yeah, I need your opinion on something. And then we st- <laughs> we don't even go there. We stop at Paul Medawar Jewelers. I honestly <laughs> I didn't even think about anything. It didn't even I didn't even clue into oh it's a jewelry store. So he goes in. He's like, I'll stay here. He goes in. He comes out. He says, Oh, I sure hope my mom likes the earrings I got her. And by then I'm still like, oh, okay. And then he takes it out, the box, and he says to me, I think the question I have to ask you is, will you be my wife? And I didn't cry or anything like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it wasn't some grand, big, giant moment, but it's still, and it's kind of sad, though, because the car that Jeremy proposed in, we don't have the car anymore. So it's like when he got ready to buy a new car, it's like, yeah, that's kind of sad, you know? This car, you proposed to me in this car, and we moved to our new apartment in this car. And when we got a house and everything, so much, we went on our first date in that car. And it's just so many moments were wrapped up in that Kia Rio. <laughs> but anyway... All right, so, of course, before I get into the episode, I want to let you Full House, Fuller House, Tanner newbies know where you can listen to the podcast. You can listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on SoundCloud. I think you can even listen on Podbean. Also, where you can find the podcast on social media. That's going to be on Facebook. I type in Full House Podcast, Fuller House Podcast, the Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Also, has an Instagram page, OMHC Full House Fuller House Podcast. It does have an email address, so if you'd like to reach out to me, tell me what you'd like about the podcast. If you want to talk about your favorite memories of Full House or Fuller House, favorite characters, top 10 favorite episodes, least favorite episodes, if you have a storyline of Full House or like, oh, I could have done this better and do your own little short story. I'd love to read it. You can do all of that by sending an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, another thing about this podcast is this is a clean, family-friendly Full House, Fuller House podcast. I wanted to be an alternative to other Full House and Fuller House podcasts that aren't meant for children's ears. I want to be able to be the type of podcast you can listen to with your kids around or even listen with your kids and share your own Full House memories. Also, I don't go episode by episode, season by season. I wanted to stray away from that. So with this, this is just... I wanted to do something fun, like, hey, let's create a series of episodes based on either a character, like Jesse and Becky and their love story, Jesse and Becky as parents, I have the summer fun episodes, I have, in September, I do back-to-school episodes that feature characters going to school and dealing with dilemmas there. 
This month I'm doing the reunion series in August being it's sister day is in August and I am going to be covering the sisters series. So episodes featuring DJ and Stephanie as sisters, DJ Stephanie and Michelle as sisters. Yeah. So yes, the episodes I'm covering in August, season one, Sisterly Love, where DJ goes out for a serial commercial and Stephanie ends up getting the role instead. Season five of Full House, Take My Sister Please, DJ has had enough of sharing a room with Stephanie. Season four, The Hole in the Wall Gang, where Stephanie wants to dress just like her big sister. And they somehow managed to put a hole in Danny's wall. <laughs> and then they used Michelle to distract Danny while they patch up the hole. And, of course, season five, Sisters in Crime, where Danny is out of the house at a hockey tournament thing with Jesse and Joey. So... This is going to be the first episode we meet Steve. He is known in this episode as Steve Peters. Later on, we will know him in season six as Stephen Hale. In this episode, he takes DJ out on a date, but DJ's supposed to be babysitting Stephanie and Michelle. And she's like, well, we'll bring my sisters with us. Yeah, because every guy wants that. He wants to be babysitting his date's younger siblings. Like, no one wants <laughs> No one wants that. But, of course, they get into trouble at the movie theater, and DJ has to help Stephanie Michelle concoct a lie saying they were in the house the whole afternoon. And all three of them have to go with the same story. In September, Back to School Part 3. Just a working title at this point. <laughs> I'll be covering Nerd for a Day from Season 3 of Full House. Season 4 of Full House, Stephanie Gets Framed. Season 4 of Full House, Working Girl, and Season 4 of Full House, A Pinch for a Pinch. Nerd for a Day has Stephanie is the affection of desire from Walter Berman. And of course she gets teased by her classmates and it's all an episode that deals with, you know, bullying from classmates and stuff and standing up for yourself. Stephanie gets framed. Stephanie winds up having to wear glasses and she's embarrassed. Like, what are the kids going to think if I come in wearing glasses? Working girl, DJ wants to get a pair of very expensive shoes called blowouts and Danny isn't going to give her the money because it's like $80 per shoe. So 160 bucks. And she decides to become a photographer's assistant and she is failing in her schoolwork. She can't keep up with both. Apparently how many hours is she working as a, she's like 14. She wouldn't be able to work more than what? 10 hours a week. If that, and of course a pinch for a pinch, Jesse, <laughs> is an assistant or a parent helper at Michelle's preschool. And we see Aaron Bailey, who's little Mr. Krabby Crab, gets out his little pinchers and starts pinching Michelle. And Michelle, of course, advice from Uncle Jesse, well, if he does something to you, do it back. And both the kids get put in timeout. And Jesse pulls Michelle out of school. We're going to see a repeat of this type of episode where Jesse pulls his kids out of school because he's not ready to let go and let the boys grow up. That I covered that episode 
breaking away. I think I covered that back in September of 2019. <laughs> but that's on the agenda for August and September. All right, without further ado, let's jump into this cold open and then we'll get to the episode. Oh, I love the cold opens. They're so great. It's like an extra like minute or 30 seconds of a little bonus nugget scene. It's just, oh, I love it. A lot of times it is, you know, Jesse and Michelle or Michelle and Joey or Michelle and Danny. It's beautiful. Of course, real quick, want to let you know, since I do the episodes not in order, I do them in honor of a theme or a series. Subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts so that way you don't miss an episode. I usually do three to four episodes a month. Sometimes it just depends on the situation, what's going on in my life. But usually I try to stick to the three, four episode a month format. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you got a sec, if you want to jump on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, go to the All My Atlanta Holy Chalupas Full House Fuller House Podcast. Just type in Full House Podcast. It'll come up. Just leave a review. All reviews, all five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Because I don't do Patreon, guys. That's the, the only, This is the only support I ask. If you got a sec, like just you know, jump on there. You can use emojis. Somebody actually did that. I thought it was the coolest thing. And I, some of them I struggled with trying to figure out, like, by using emojis based on what the character is. Like, some of them were easy, some of them were hard. But the fact that a fan did take the time to do that is just, I love it. So, okay. Now let's get to that cold open, shall we? So actually, yeah, crazy enough, yeah, this is the episode, the cold open where Jesse shows Stephanie and Michelle that he redid his room from the hand-painted bunnies on the wall to, and he calls it, he's just so jazzed. It's like, look at my new room, even though he's been in there for four years. He's jumping on the bed. He's like, uh, he calls it retro hip. He's got a picture of really not black and white, black framed photos. It's like, you got your rat pack. You got Elvis on the closet door. Also black and white, black wood framed. You got your jukebox. Another Elvis wood framed picture which I like it it looks like it probably belong on a stamp somewhere I'm sure that maybe this image has been on an Elvis stamp I could probably even look that up but yeah it really it does it brings you know the but honestly out of all the ways we've seen this room change from Stephanie's room to Jesse's room to Joey's room I gotta say, I like the look of Joey's room because there's just, there's a lot of color to it and a lot of, there is, Jesse's is kind of just a, a base, kind of light blue grayish. I mean, yes, he does add the pictures and stuff, which does give the room a, a nice feel, but Joey's just, I mean, his, you walk into that room when Joey's in that 
in Jesse's old bedroom, and it's just excitement. There's stuff, you know, animal, you know, you got your Scooby-Doo, you got your Popeye, just, and the colors just scream youth and excitement, even though he's a grown man. Hair Accouterment Center. It's basically just looks like a small little dresser with just hair accoutrement stuff, as Jesse refers to it, just laid out. At some point, he does have, like, a comb Lazy Susan that he's really impressed with, which, good for him. I like that Jesse actually cares whether or not Stephanie would be bothered about the fact that Jesse had to take down his... You know, Stephanie's old pink bunny wallpaper. Well, the thing is, in the beginning, I remember Stephanie saying my mom painted those bunnies just for me. So that wasn't wallpaper. That was like hand stenciled onto the walls. And all Stephanie has to say to this is, it's about time. And Jesse is surprised, like, Steph, I've been living with those pink bunnies for three years. Why didn't you say something? And she looks at him and says, you never asked. But somebody else comes into the room that is like, where's the pink bunnies? Yeah, she's like, where are the bunnies? And Jesse says, well, oh, the bunnies went bye-bye. And she's but I love the bunnies. Oh, <laughs> uh, This wasn't even her room. <laughs> it was Stephanie's old room. And of course, Michelle puts, puts out the bottom lip. He's like, ugh. He did manage to frame one of them, which, that was nice of him. I mean, he didn't have to do that, but he probably did that for Stephanie, and Stephanie could care less now. She's like, I'm eight. I, that isn't, uh, or is she nine at this point? Yeah, because she turns ten in season five, so she's nine at this point. So, yeah, she's like, yeah, I could care less about the bunnies. I've moved on with my life. Oh, he says he, he saved one special important bunny for Michelle and she, he framed it for her aww and I love how Michelle's like now this room is cool <laughs> double thumbs up from Michelle Ooh. double thumb approval from Michelle Tanner Ooh. you don't get that very often see that I redid the whole room in retro hip you got your rat pack over here your Elvis motif there a brand new hair accoutrement center right here I hope you're not too disappointed, but I had to take down your pink bunny wallpaper. It's about time. Steph, I've been living with those stupid pink bunnies for three years. Why don't you say something sooner? You didn't ask. I didn't ask. Hey, where are the bunnies? The bunnies went bye-bye. But I love the bunnies. Save one very special, important bunny for you, and I framed him, and here he is. Now this room is cool. <laughs> so, yeah, all right, we come out of the intro, and we got the girls getting ready to stuff their faces with soda and cookies and chips and all your favorite types of junk foods. And as they're coming into DJ and Stephanie's bedroom and, you know, loading that table with all sorts of yummy goodies, Kimmy's saying, you know, girls, every year we watch the music video awards and every year we stuff our faces. Let's make it interesting this year. And I love how Stephanie's like, you know, every time we make it interesting, Kimmy, 
we get in trouble as she points to DJ and herself. So, yeah, Kimmy decides to make a bet. She's like, all right, I bet you five marshmallows. The guys from Guns N' Roses fall off the stage. DJ's like, oh, I'll take that bet. Four cookies, they don't even find the stage, you know, because they're joking about the fact that the Guns N' Roses, the, the band members, are not all there mentally to be able to get on the stage or find the stage or they fall off the stage or they puke all over the stage or I don't know. But yeah, they get so much stuff. They got cookies. They have a lot of cookies in this. This looks like the same clear large plastic bowl that Michelle was holding in the Tanner versus Gibbler episode that actually had been filled with, like, a bunch of pretzels. DJ is holding a mixing bowl of popcorn. Oh, here comes Michelle. She's got this small red pillow, and she's ready to wallop poor Stephanie right in the side of the head. She says, let's play pillow fight and just whack Stephanie in the side of the head. Like, good grief. I'm trying to remember. I'm sure I probably played pillow fight at a sleepover with my cousins. <laughs> After Michelle, I have it paused where Michelle hits Stephanie in the side of the head with that little red pillow. And it almost looks like Jodie Sweeten's trying to keep a straight face, but she's really having a hard time doing that. Like, she's got this smirk like she's about ready to burst into giggles. And you see, like, either Mary-Kate or Ashley Olsen looking in front of her, like, someone clearly is standing in front of her, the child wrangler, and mimicking what she was supposed to do. And she's looking at the child wrangler, like, did I do it right? Should I do it again? <laughs> and, of course, DJ's like, oh, good one, Michelle. And I love how Stephanie's like, oh, yeah, good one, Michelle. And she's like, give me that. And she goes over to DJ and whacks her in the back of the head. She says, yeah, that was real funny, Deej. And she takes the pillow from Michelle. My God! The way that Stephanie, because DJ's just, you know, eating popcorn to her, you know, quietly to herself. St the way that Jody winds up that pillow and, like, takes a whack at the back of DJ's head, it's like she's got a baseball bat and she's, like, ready to hit that home run. Woo! And DJ, the way that Candace looks at her, like, what? That wasn't what we rehearsed? Why'd you hit me so hard? Because she's holding that mixing bowl of popcorn, and the scent is, hits her back in the head. The popcorn goes all over the table. What? I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to uh, record this and put it up on the podcast's Facebook page and stuff. Because you, you got to see. This is just, this is hilarious. Both the reactions are just like, oh, are so very different. Whereas it looks like Jody is trying to keep a straight face, and it looks like Candace was not prepared for when Jody hit her in the back of the head. Like, oh, what? why you hit me that hard? We didn't do that in rehearsal. So, yeah, looks like all three girls now, Kimmy, of course, included, are going to start... Whacking each other with pillows. My God. Yeah, so Stephanie's hitting DJ, and DJ's whacking Kimmy, and Kimmy 
keeps backing up to where that little uh, nook window is, and Kimmy backs into that little coat hanger thing that they're hanging, like, their book bags or whatever on, and it ends up going through the window. Like, dang! Okay, hold on a second. Something's up here. Okay, so Michelle doesn't partake. She gets it going, but then she's just watching everything play out while she's sitting on DJ's bed. But the thing is, that little red pillow that Michelle started with, Stephanie takes... And uses that. But when she throws it right before the coat hanger goes through that window, the other little window, or what's supposed to be a window, Stephanie throws that red pillow and it goes right through it like there's no glass there. Because each window has like the little um, shutter types on them. But if that middle one's got a window pane in it, wouldn't the other two also? I mean, I get that they're on a set and everything, but it's like the when the red pillow that Stephanie throws goes right through that opening there off to the right. Oh, the audience, as soon as that coat hanger goes through, is like, whoa. And of course, Michelle's like, you're in big trouble, misters. It's like, you know you're in trouble if you break a window. Replacing windows is not something that's done cheaply at all. Okay, so at least this time around when they break a window, Danny comes in like, is everyone okay? Remember when um, DJ and Kimmy end up dropping that television over the banner? I don't think Danny, the first thing he says is, who, what, where, how, huh, or whatever. He doesn't ask, is everybody okay? It's like a TV just fell from your, you know, your steps from uh, the top of the stairs. Your first question should be, are you okay? Did anybody get hurt? Versus a coat hanger going out a window and breaking a window. Somebody could have been injured. Not to mention that glass flying there could have, well, it, it went out the window. It's not like it, like when it hit it, the glass shards came back into the room. But, jeez. Uh, At least he's concerned. Like, are you Okay. Oh, of course. <laughs> DJ's like, oh, yeah, we're fine. Everything's great. Like, oh, maybe he won't notice the coat hanger hanging outside of the house. And, and Stephanie's like, yeah, well, everything's great. St thanks for stopping by. And Danny, of course, he can see, you can see the coat hanger is hanging out the window there. It's like, I thought I covered everything except for never open a window with a coat rack. Danny's looking at the girls and says... All right, start explaining. So Michelle's like, they did it. Like, <sighs> of course, the one who instigated the whole thing or initiated it is going to be the one that puts the blame on the others. Thank goodness Stephanie's the one that speaks up. She's like, you little squealer. You're the one who started the pillow fight. And Danny looks at Michelle and he asks her, Michelle, did you start a pillow fight? And she is completely honest. She says, yes, I did. All he says to Michelle is, Michelle, that was wrong. He turns back to Stephanie and DJ and points his finger at them and says, Girls, you two are in very big trouble. And DJ is like, well, why are we in trouble? And Danny says, because she's j Michelle's just a little girl. You're supposed to set an example. And Michelle and Stephanie are like, oh, break. 
Oh, we did set an example. Don't, uh... Yeah, she said we did set an example of how destructive pillow fights can be. So, Danny, in his own mind, has a dad handbook, and the punishment for furniture through a window is raking the backyard and no music videos. And, of course, DJ and Stephanie are just like, and I love Kimmy's response. Boy, Mr. T, you sure suck the fun out of this room. Danny puts a hand on Kimmy's shoulder and says, Yo, Kimmy, I know I should punish you and not your parents, but I'm sending you home. Oh, no, I honestly think that Michelle, she is going to be punished by the end of this episode, but I don't like Danny using an excuse like she's too young to punish. She's four. Don't give me that she's too young. I don't think a kid is, I mean, what do you think is the appropriate age to start punishing your kid? Two? Like, if they're old enough to do the crime, they're old enough to do the time. That's what I say. Every year, we watch the music video awards and stuff our faces with junk food. This year, let's make it interesting. Every time you make something interesting, we get in trouble. I'll bet you... Marshmallows. At least one guy from Guns N' Roses falls off the stage. Four cookies say they don't even find the stage. Let's play pillow fight. Good one, Michelle. Yeah, that was real funny, Deej. Dang, Seth! It's like they're both ganging up on Kim. Whoa! Yeah. jewelry and the guy's like I'll just be a minute here guys and then Jesse turns to Joey he's like don't you think it's a little weird that I'm shopping for Rebecca's engagement ring from a guy who's sold jewelry out of out of, out of a tackle box Joey says look Stu's got the best prices in town besides as Joey like pulls his sleeve away from his wrist Got me a great deal on this Rolex. And Jesse looks at Joey's watch and says, Joey, 
This says Rolox. And Joey, like, looks at it like he's really looking at it. Like, oh, well. So, Stu gets with Jesse. Like, all right, Jesse, let me know a price range here. Are you madly in love, deeply in love, or just desperate for companionship? So, Jesse is like, look, Stu, I'm going to get some Becky an engagement ring that is so beautiful and so amazing that she has no idea that I'm on a budget here. So, Sue pulls a little Ziploc bag out of his, the inside of his pocket of his suit jacket. And he says, well, this is what I'd like to call a starter ring as he kind of pours it out on this velvet little blanket on the coffee table. And he says, this is what I like to call your starter ring. It's very popular with the high school crowd. And Jesse, like, really has to look to see if there's a diamond in there. And Joey, and even Joey's kind of squinting, and they're, like, trying to, like... <laughs> and Jesse says, uh, Stu, just out of curiosity, uh, is this a diamond or just a, a really shiny piece of lint? Joey takes the ring from Jesse. He's like, wow, I had a ring just like this as a kid. And he goes, <laughs> like, one of those rings, like, you, like, whistle into or blow into, and it does, like, Woo! like type of sound and jesse yeah he's like no 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 Stu, i gotta do better than this and she's like well let me go look at my stew i gotta do better than this pile in the stew i gotta do better than this collection as he pulls out a ring and hands it to jesse jesse and even joey's like whoa in his uh i'm not sure what uh accent what uh what uh imitation joey's doing there and jesse's like really looking at the diamond it's like okay now that is a headlight that that this is a beautiful piece of jewelry and jesse's like all right Stu, how much are we talking for this ring and <laughs> Stu like brings out a calculator starts punching in some numbers like it's gonna run you about and jesse looks at it and it's like good guy hope that's your phone number yeah he says have mercy i hope that's your telephone number I would not be shopping for something like that. I would not be shopping, like, from someone coming to my home and showing me stuff. No, 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 no. I'm going to a store or something. I mm, I would rather know where my jewelry's coming from. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, so if that's a phone number minus the area code, that's seven digits you add the area code in there that's 10 digits how and in... <laughs> oh my good grief first before you can say yeah i can't i can't this is too much becky comes in it's like oh she wasn't supposed to be there for that so of course and she goes over to jesse and kisses him like oh jess i can't believe we're picking out an engagement ring so was she supposed to show up for this or something? Or is this something that Jesse was just going to do on his own and surprise her? Because it makes it sound like this was something that she was running late for. And she was going to, like, pick it out with him. Because you know if he'd have said the total with Becky around, she'd like, mm -mm -mm -mm, no, no, no. And she's like, oh, this is so romantic. And she looks at Jesse and asks, <laughs> why aren't we in a store? Stu was, tells her, because, little lady, only Stu could bring a ring like this into your home. And Jesse's got the ring on his finger, 
And Becky has already fallen in love with this ring, so yeah, it's not like you can say, I can't afford it. Okay, if this is the ring you want, then this is the ring I'll get you. She's like, oh, I mean, yeah, she has fallen in love with this ring. She's like, oh, this diamond is beautiful. And Jesse's like, now, honey, are you sure that this is the ring that you want? Like, it's not too much for you. And she's like, oh, no, no, I mean, this is perfect. I wouldn't want to go any bigger than this. And Jesse pretty much is against the wall here. Like, all right, if this is the ring you want, then this is the ring I'll get you. And I love that Jesse stands up and he says, Rebecca Donaldson, as he slips the ring on her finger, he says, this is a symbol of my undying devotion to you. Aww. She kisses him and it's like, oh, she says, oh, we're going to have such a wonderful life together. She is so excited. She runs out of the room with a ring on her finger. It's like, it hasn't even been paid for yet. She's like, oh, I got to call everybody. I got to call my mother. What a rock. And she runs out of the living room. Uh, and, of course, to have to remind Jessica that about by shoving that calculator in his face. Like, whoa. Uh. No, actually, Joey does shove the calculator in jo- Jesse's face. Because Jesse is just like, do you see her, Joey? Did you see her face as she walked out, ran out of this room with that ring on her finger that I haven't paid for yet? Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I've never seen her happier. And Joey, like, literally just shoves the calculator in Jesse's face. He's like, Jess. And Jesse looks at him, he's like, whoa. It's like, oh, how is he going to pour? Yeah, mm, you what? <laughs> I don't think that ring is going anywhere until it's paid for. I don't think that's how Stu works. Like, money first, and then you get the ring. Be right with you, boys. Joey, mm. don't you think it's a little strange to buy Rebecca's engagement ring from a guy who's selling jewelry out of a tackle box? <laughs> Stu has the best prices in town. Besides, gave me a great deal on this Rolex. Joe, that says Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jess, uh, give me a price range. You're deeply in love, moderately in love, or uh, desperate for companionship? This is Stu. I want to get Becky a ring that is so beautiful, so spectacular, that she'll have no idea that I'm on a budget. Budget? Well, let's see what we have in our uh, Ziploc department here. Now, uh, this is going to be what you call your starter ring. Very popular with the uh, high school crowd. Stu, uh, just out of curiosity, is that a diamond or a really shiny piece of lint? I had a ring just like this when I was a kid. (laughs) I gotta do better than this, Stu. And here's something from our Stu I gotta do better than this collection. Wow. Now that's a headlight. Oh, Stu, this ring is beautiful. How much are we talking about? It's gonna run you, uh... Have mercy, I hope that's your telephone number. <laughs> yeah, you wish. Hi, guys. Hey, Beck. Oh, Jess. Mm, this is so exciting. I can't believe we're actually picking out an engagement ring. <laughs> this is so romantic. How come we're not in a store? <laughs> yeah, really. Because, little lady, only Stu could bring a ring like this right into your home. Stu. <gasps> oh, sweetheart, it's beautiful. Uh, Beck, are you sure that the diamond is the right size for you? Oh, it's perfect. I wouldn't want anything bigger than this. All right. <laughs> this is the ring you want. This is the ring you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Donaldson, 
This is a symbol of my undying devotion to you. Oh, we're gonna have such a wonderful life together. Oh, thank you, thank you. I have to call my mother. I love you. What a rock! Hey, Joey, to see your face. I've never seen her happier. Jess? Whoa! So, yeah, it looks like Danny is reading Michelle a bedtime story, and he's probably read this book multiple times because she seems to have it memorized as she reads the last line in the book. So Danny says, all right, now it's time for the funnest time of all, bedtime. And Michelle is not ready to go to bed. <laughs> She's like, read it again, please. And he's like, no, it's time for bed. And she shakes her head and he's like, don't shake your head. It's time for bed. To bed, I said. <laughs> uh, and Jesse's like, man, you're going to lay off that Dr. Seuss. And Danny says, don't shake your head. Your story's read. It's time for bed. To bed, I said. And then Jesse and Joey come in and Jesse's like, man, you gotta lay off that Dr. Seuss. Now that Jesse and Joey are in there, Michelle finds this as a great opportunity to sing me the teddy bear song. And Danny is trying to be strict. Well, as strict as Danny can be. He says, Michelle, it's bedtime. And Michelle says, no, it's teddy bear time. And Jesse's like, come on, guys. One, two, what do you say? And Danny's like, all right. And I love how Joey pretends to be a radio DJ. He's like, this one's going out to a little girl who's about to go to bed. And they start singing the teddy bear song. And now she's getting, she clearly does not want to go to bed. Which, which little kid wants to go to bed at bedtime? I don't know. Unless they're exhausted and they've had a long day, I can see a kid fighting bedtime routine. I think this is just going to make her overly stimulated because Danny read her a story. Now they're going to sing her a song and get her all jumpity jumpity, all excited. And it's going to make it that much harder for her to fall asleep. So yeah, the guys are singing the song. They're cla they're snapping their fingers and everything. You just see Michelle just bouncing up and down. And everybody, yeah, like this. <laughs> Keep going. Because <laughs> after the song's done, she's gonna be like, one more time. And Joey starts to get into it. It's like, no, 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 we're done. We're done. Mr. Knox said, "Fox and socks, our game is done, sir." Thank you for a lot of fun, though. <laughs> now it's time for the most fun of all, bedtime. Little gambling. Daddy said it's time for bed. Don't shake your head. Your story's read. It's time for bed. To bed, I say. Yeah, lay off that shoes, man. Sing <laughs> it the teddy bear song. Michelle, it's bedtime. No, it's teddy bear time. Come on, guys. One, two, what do you say? Okay, one, two. <laughs> it's kind of hard to be firm with. Seven, ten, eight. Two, three, four. Up and bump, 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 I 
Joey, we're done. It's over. Okay, Michelle, you had your little song. Now it's time to go to sleep. Good night, kids. Night, Michelle. Night, honey. Sweet dreams. This is nuts. I'm out of here. So, yeah. They end the song, and then Danny's like, alright, you had your little song, now it's time for bed, go to sleep, and, you know, they all kiss her goodnight, and the guys all walk out of Michelle's room, and Michelle's just sitting in the dark, just like, ugh, forget this, I can't sleep. Because she's probably overly stimulated by that song. She's bouncing up and down in the bed and just clapping and having a good old time. It's like, I don't think that's the, I don't think you want to do that so close to a kid's bedtime. Get them all worked up. Why don't you just give them a bowl of sugar? <laughs> it's gonna, I'm sure it's going to have the same effect. Oh yeah, when as soon as Danny turns off the light and shuts the door, we cut to the bed and Michelle says, This is nuts. I'm out of here. So, Jesse says, I gotta go take care of some business, and he walks off to his room, and Joey lets Danny in on, like, he's gonna sell his Elvis guitar to pay for Becky's engagement ring. Like, what? And Danny asks a question I'm sure we're all asking. Jesse, why would you sell your Elvis guitar? I mean, it's your baby. It it, it sure is, because the way that he's he's got, like, um, a special lock on it that uses a little uh, a beeper to unlock it which oh heck yeah especially if it yeah if it was signed by elvis heck yeah you wouldn't let that thing out of your sight you'd have it like in a safe somewhere or yeah he's got an alarm on it which when he presses the button on his um his keychain thing it makes it little like you're unlocking a car door and Jesse says, oh, it's, it's really not that special. This almost feels like a partial um, gift of the Magi type of setup where Jesse sells something that he really loves to get the woman that he loves an engagement ring. And the gift of the Magi, I think that the, the wife gets the husband a chain for his watch, which he got rid, he sold his watch to pay for, I, I think it was either a hairbrush or a hair clip or something, something to do with hair, but she cuts her hair off and sells it to pay for the chain to go on his watch. And it's just giving up a part of yourself that means so much because you love the other person that much more than said possession. I love, oh, he lifts open the guitar case, and I love, he's got this, like, soft faux fur velvet liner that goes over the guitar itself to protect the, you know, the face of the guitar, or I'm not sure, what, what do you call the, the top of the guitar, is it the face of the guitar, I don't know, I don't, I don't play instruments, but he's very protective of this, which who wouldn't be? I mean, that's signed by Elvis Presley for crying out loud. How many people in the world can say they had guitars signed by Elvis Presley? Actually, I'd like to learn how he got that guitar. I want to hear that story. Yeah, he says, one-of-a-kind, personally autographed national treasure. He said the king used it to serenade a bunch of hillbillies on the back of a chicken truck.
Something called Kissing Cousins. Is that a movie that he was in? Okay, it was. It came out in 1964. An army officer returns to the Smoky Mountains and tries to convince his kinfolk to allow the army to build a missile site on their land. Ooh. Once he gets there, he discovers he has a look-alike cousin. So is Elvis playing a dual role? Uh, he plays Josh Morgan. I don't recognize any of these other people. Oh, this guy looks familiar. Jack Albertson. Hey, he did the voice of Amos Slade. And he was Grandpa Joe and Willy Wonka. Wow, that is so... See, see, I've seen these episodes so many times. And by doing these podcasts, I am learning so much about so many things I probably wouldn't have cared about otherwise. I'm so proud of myself. So, Michelle appears in the doorway, and she says, I'm back. And Danny says, well, you better get back in bed. <laughs> and Michelle is defiant here. She folds her arms over her chest and says, no way, Jose. <laughs> so, since Jesse and Joey are there, Danny goes to them for advice. Like, guys, I think there's something wrong with Michelle. I mean, she's never called me Jose before. So Danny kneels, you know, down to Michelle's level and asks, is there something wrong, princess? And Michelle's face just lights up and says, I want to play! Yeah, it's not about something bothering her. It's about the fact that she's overstimulated now and she just, she don't want to go to sleep. Way to go with that song, guys! <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong with singing a song, but the kid uh, jumping up and down like she's had, like, a pound of sugar. But as soon as she, I, 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 guys, I'm just offering, throwing this out here. Like I said, I'm not a parent. I don't have children. But as soon as she said, would have said, you know, no way, Jose, or, you know, been defiant. It's like, no, you need to take charge and say, eh, excuse me, no, you are going to bed. And, and stand firm on that. I mean, I know Jesse and Joey are there and Danny can go to them. You know, what do you guys think I should do? Should I stand my ground? Should I let her have her way? Because he, 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 and the thing is, even after this episode, and she has her first punishment, Danny does, you know, punish her here and there, here and there, very lightly, um, punishments we don't even see, like the time she ran away at Disney World, and he's like, we're gonna talk about this later, or the time that she ran away from home because she said, Uncle Jesse's a big meanie or something, and he yelled at me because I played with his recording stuff or something, and she runs to Teddy's house. I thought that, that one, um, I'll get to that one with, uh, I want to do a series called Jesse and the Girls, so each episode focuses on Jesse and, you know, one with him and DJ, one with him and Stephanie, and one with him and Michelle, which will be The Devil Made Me Do It. But, yeah, there are, I mean, sure, he will occasionally, you know, punish her. Like, oh, yeah, remember when she called that funny buddy number? And he said your punishment is you got to go to bed an hour early every single night this week. And then she goes, st Michelle goes stomping up the stairs like, Daddy's such a meanie, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, so we do. But there are times where he just blatantly lets her get in her way, which is ridiculous. Remember the time that, well, I don't know if it's really letting her get her way. Remember the thing with the Counting Crows tickets? 
And there were two tickets and three girls, which, honestly, Michelle should not even have been a factor in that. She ain't got no Counting Crows concert. She ain't never heard of Counting Crows. And that's a concert for teens and adults. No children under the age of 10 need to be going to Counting Crows. Now, I have listened to Counting Crows. I think they're a great band. I love Cold December, one of my favorite songs. Or was it? No, I think it was called A Long December, not Cold December. But yeah, that was one of my favorites of theirs. So, <laughs> Jesse looked at Michelle's like, oh yeah, that's a deeply troubled child here. Excuse me, Danny, let me handle this. And he bends down to Michelle's level. Yeah, he calls her her, yeah, because Danny calls her, you know, his little princess. And then Jesse's like, well, why don't you wait in your room, your majesty, and we'll be with you momentarily. And he shuts the door because he's going to have a talk with the guys about the time that he went with Becky when she was getting her hair taken care of. And he was reading Modern Mom magazine. And both Danny and Joey are like, Modern Mom magazine. And Jesse's like, hey, look. All the other good magazines were gone, okay? That's that's all there was. There was It was that a good housekeeping. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, as soon as Jesse shuts the door, he turns on Danny and Joey. He's like, do you want to know her problem? We treat her like the queen of the three-year-olds. And Joey's like, well, she is. She's adorable. And don't tell me you don't melt when she sticks those two little thumbs up and says, you got it, dude. You know, I mean, but even still, she may be adorable, but she, Jesse is right. Michelle is pushing her limits, which, of course, that's something he learned out of Modern Mom magazine. Yeah, Jesse says, well, guys, she's basically just testing us to see how far she can push us and push her limits. And the fact that Joey and Danny are both laughing their butts off when Jesse says, I was reading in Modern Mom magazine, and he wasn't even embarrassed by saying it. And I'm saying, hey, at least he's reading something that's helpful. What, you guys don't got nothing on the table to offer as a suggestion. And Danny, she's your biological daughter anyway. <laughs> you should be the one on top of this. But I get it, Joey and Jesse are the co-parents. It's just funny how the co-parent... Has a suggestion over the biological parents. <laughs> you had two other kids, Danny. You're telling me. I get that Pam took care of everything, as he said in the pilot. Like, your mom always took care of everything. I'd come home from work and everything would just be absolutely fine. <laughs> Joey's laughing so hard. He, like, leans his, his forehead against Danny's shoulder. Like, oh, God, I can't even do this. Oh, okay, so he's like, yeah, I was in the beauty parlor with Becky, and I was looking for something to read, and, you know, the other lady already had the new Cosmo issue, so, yeah. He's like, so, I mean, seriously, what do you care here? It's like, clearly we have an issue that we need to take care of. Yeah, and Jesse tells them, look, the magazine said at... Kids at Michelle's age are going to test their limits to see what they can get away with. That's why you, Danny, as the parent, and Joey, and I, as co-parents, need to stand tough, stand our ground, set limits, and see it through. They honestly really should have started before the age of four. There is nothing wrong with, you know... Telling your kid, no, I don't like your behavior. You need to change your attitude. You start, you wait until age four or five to start disciplining? Uh, 
I, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't mean, like, you know, spanking or anything like that. I mean more along the lines of, you know, discipline. Like, hey, I don't like your attitude. You know, I think, you know, I, and I have warned you more than once, then you need to sit in the corner, sit in a chair in, in the corner, or, you know, something like that. I've always heard that, like, when you send a kid to their room, they're looking at their room now as, as, as punishment. Or if you send them to the room, well, they're just going to play with their stuff in the room. So it's like, okay. I mean, how many of us out there have been sent to the corner in school? I can raise my hand. I've been sent at least a couple times. One, because I couldn't stop laughing at the idea of a flying squirrel because I had never heard of, I've never seen one at that point when I was 10 years old and I just got the case of the giggles and I couldn't control myself and my teacher said you need to sit in the corner, which I think is just ridiculous now looking back on it. Who among us out there hasn't laughed and controlled me about something and found it impossible to stop? Exactly. Danny finally comes to his senses like, you know what? You're right, Jesse. We have to lay down the law and show her who's boss. Gotta take care of some business. He's gonna sell his Elvis guitar to pay for Becky's ring. He is? Jess, how can you sell your Elvis guitar? It's your baby. Uh, it's really not that special. <laughs> Sounds like a hard door I'm walking. Just, uh... Personally autographed, one-of-a-kind, national treasure that the king used to serenade a bunch of hillbillies off the back of a chicken truck and kissing cousins. I'm back. Well, you better get back in bed. No way, Jose. Guys, I think something's really bothering Michelle. She's never called me Jose before. It's not bothering. She's overstimulated. Something bothering you, princess? I play. Deeply troubled child. <laughs> Excuse us one second, Your Majesty. Why don't you go wait in your little room? We'll come see you in a moment. Thank you. <laughs> Wanna know Michelle's problem? We treat her like she's the queen of the three-year-olds. Well, she is. <clears throat> she's adorable. And don't tell me you don't melt when she sticks those two little thumbs up and says, You got it, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, she's just testing us, okay? I was reading in Modern Mom magazine. You read Modern Mom magazine? <laughs> oh, Joey. <laughs> well, I, I was in the beauty parlor with Becky, and I, I needed something to read, and this other lady already got the new Cosmo. So, what do you care? The point is that it said that kids Michelle's age are going to test their limits. Well, that's when you got to get tough, set the rules, and stick to them. You know what? You're right. we got to lay down the law and show her who's boss. So now we go across the hall to DJ in Stephanie's room, and I forgot it's like it's still that same night because now <laughs> DJ's on the phone with Kimmy, and she's also got a pair of binoculars up to her eyes, and she's like, "Oh, great! The music video awards are starting," and she has Kimmy turn her TV. I don't know if it's in her room or the TV in. Her living room but she turns it in a way so that way the girls can watch with binoculars I guess well someone's gonna be watching and then the other friends and then they're also gonna have to be narrating like what's going on for the other person so yeah well they're doing that and I love how Stephanie's 
like, oh, Stephanie's, of course, holding the phone up to DJ's ear because DJ's hands are busy with the binoculars up against her eyes. So here comes Michelle, who wants to play? And Stephanie, who's still royally irritated, which who wouldn't be? Well, we can't play. We're grounded. Thank you very much. And Michelle says, you're welcome very much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Danny wanders across the hall into the girls' room and finds Michelle there. So now DJ and Stephanie are going to get caught. And first I believe, uh, Michelle, I told you to go to your room. Why are you here in your sister's room? And Danny asked DJ, like, oh, what are you looking at, DJ? And DJ is like, oh, just, you know, the stars. And Danny's like, oh, well, here, let me see. What stars really, honestly, are you going to be able to see out that window? Because I see nothing but, like, roof, house, roofs. So Danny takes the binoculars. He's like, oh, yeah, I see stars, all right. MC Hammer. Billy Idol. And then Danny waves, oh, hi, Mr. Gibbler. Oh, he's waving something at me. And Danny's like, oh, he's he's yelling something at me. And DJ picks up the phone. And he says, he says, get a new hobby or he's calling the police. Oh, he actually, Mr. Gibbler actually cares about his daughter, which we've not seen anything like that where Kimmy's parents even care at all about her. They're always schluffing her off on the tanners, paying for her to go on vacations, uh, sending her to Spain, and uh, they were going to give her a one-way ticket. I was like, what in the what? Ugh. So Danny uh, puts the binoculars down and DJ hangs up the phone. He's like, all right, I want both of your girls in bed right now. And I agree with Stephanie. He's like, she's, what? M Michelle's not even in bed. He's like, you don't worry about Michelle. That's my, I will take care of Michelle. You both have a long day of raking leaves tomorrow in the backyard, so you better get your rest. But yeah, he doesn't hesitate to punish the girls. But he'll just let Michelle get off scot-free. Oh, I would have pulled that. Oh, I, I, ooh, I would have said something. Like, so it's nice that you can punish us whenever, but you just let Michelle get away with every. Oh, yes. I believe, yeah, DJ's going to say something like that much, much later. That's finally going to, like, bring Danny back down to earth of being a parent. Yeah, Danny picks up Michelle, calls her his little princess, kisses her, and takes her out of the room. And DJ just can't believe her eyes. She looks at Stephanie and asks, what is happening here? Suddenly Michelle's Cinderella and we're the ugly stepsisters? And I love how Stephanie looks at DJ and is like, who are you calling ugly? <laughs> Good, the video awards are starting. Now, Kimmy, move the TV a little to the left. Keep going there. That's perfect. Thank you very much. Welcome very much. Oh, Michelle, there you are. DJ, what are you looking at? Oh, just the stars. Really? Oh, I see stars, all right. MC Hammer. Billy Idol. Hi, Mr. Gibbler. I think he's yelling something at me. He said get a new hobby or he's calling the police. <laughs> That's it. I want both you girls in bed right now. Michelle's not even in bed yet. Don't you worry about Michelle. You just get a good night's sleep. You got a full day of raking leaves ahead of you. All right, come on, little princess. What is happening here? All of a sudden, 
sudden Michelle is Cinderella and we're the ugly stepsisters? Who are you calling ugly? So now we're back in Michelle's room and she's in bed and Danny is there along with Joey and Jesse. And Jesse says, all right, Danny, show her who's boss. And Danny, of course, is like right near Michelle's face like, sweetheart, it's time to go to bed. And Jesse says, oh, yeah, whew, she's shaking now. Just rolling his eyes like Danny, seriously. Of course, Jesse, pre-parent Nikki and Alex, is like, Danny, observe. <laughs> yeah, Jesse just mince words. He's like, all right, kid, close your eyes, count some sheep, sheep, and we'll see you in the morning. And they all blow her a kiss and say goodnight and walk out of the room. Like, that did anything. Fact of the matter, it, you want to uh, no, just, she's in the bed, you say, Sweetheart, it's bedtime. You need to be asleep. If you get out of this room one more time, I'm going to have to take away a privilege or something. I don't know. Say she can't watch TV. I don't, say she can't have a bedtime story. I don't know. Something. Say we, we won't sing you to sleep tomorrow night or something. She has to know that her actions are going to have consequences and maybe a loss of a privilege. Like, hey, you don't get dessert tomorrow night at dinner or something. I don't know. Say they should have started this back when she started doing stuff around like three years old. But yeah, again, Danny turns off the light, the guys file out of the room, and Danny shuts the door, and Michelle again gets out of bed. That's what I honestly hear from friends of mine that do have children that nighttime routine is probably one of the hardest things. Is Getting that child settled down and ready to go to bed. It's like there's always a fight. There's always, read me a story. Give me, I gotta go to the bathroom. I want a glass of water. I want this. I want that. I can't sleep without my night. That's whatever. But still, it's it, something that shouldn't take that long takes longer than it should. Because look, no kid wants to go to sleep. The guys are all standing right outside the door with their heads kind of turned toward the door just listening. Do you hear anything? Do you hear anything? Are they expecting her to just start snoring? Like, oh, ah, she's asleep. I love how Jesse just gloats. See? See? You put your foot down, the rest is a piece of cake. Uh-huh. Whatever you say, Jess. Whatever you say. Yeah, as soon as he finishes his sentence, knock, knock, knock on the inside of Michelle's room, can I come out, please? <laughs> I think she were put in there by force. Like, she's not locked in her room. And Jesse says, no, go back to bed. <laughs> she again, just on the other side of the door, just begging, please let me out. And Joey is just like, the heart, guys. Please let her out. No, I mean, you honestly need to, yeah, stand your ground and say, no, you need to go back to bed. Oh, yeah, exactly. The same thing with the water in the bathroom. Like, I want a drink of water. Danny says, you had one already. I have to go to the bathroom. You just went. It's like he's not buying it. Kid, go to, he's using every excuse in the book. And then the camera cuts to the bottom of the, 
the door and we see Michelle's little four-year-old hands just, please let me out. Oh my gosh. She's pulling a Cinderella locked in the, locked in her room type of routine. And Joey's already a puddle of marshmallows. Like, oh, look at those little fingers. And Danny's like, aw, is my little princess reaching out for human contact? So Jesse is trying to get Joey and Danny like, guys, come on, hang, hang tough here with me, okay? We're, we're going to see this through. Just, you can't waffle. You got to be strong. And then Michelle pulls the love card. Don't you love me anymore? And Jesse looked at both Joey and Danny like, what are you guys made of stone? Okay, Michelle, get back. We're going to open the door. Dang, she pulls that guilt card. Don't you love me anymore? What kid hasn't pulled that on their parents? It's the ultimate guilt. Like, if this doesn't work, I don't know what will. Yeah, Jesse goes to the door. He's like, all right, watch out, Michelle. We're coming in. <laughs> and Michelle, you see a single little spotlight in that dark room. And she's like, let's party, dude! And she runs out of the room. None, out of the three guys, none of them make an attempt to grab her and put her back in her bed. I mean, at that point, yeah, you grab her, you put her back in the bed, and, and if you gotta be firm and use your parent voice, like, look, I said you need to stay in bed. Like, if, if she cries, then she cries. But she needs to know that you mean business. Otherwise, this is going to happen every single night until you eventually put your foot down and say, enough is enough. You're not doing this anymore. Yeah, she runs down the stairs past the guys. They don't do anything. And Joey's like, oh, I guess we showed her. You didn't show anyone anything. You waffled. He's like, I guess we showed her who's boss. No, you did not. Clearly, she knows she is in control. And there's three adults and one four-year-old. You're telling me out of the th that? Oh my goodness. Danny, show sure, who's boss. Okay. Sweetheart. <laughs> Time to go to sleep. Oh, she's shaking now. Observe. All right, listen, kid. Close your eyes. Count some sheep. Bada bing. We'll see you in the morning. Okay. Good night, kiss. Good night, Michelle. Night, sweetheart. Sweet dreams. See that? Why don't you put your foot down, the rest is a piece of cake. Can I come out, please? <laughs> no, go back to bed. reaching out for human contact. Right, come on, guys. Hang tough. Hold on here. Don't you love me anymore? Oh, God. What are you guys, made of stone or something? Watch out, Michelle. We're coming in. Let's party, dude. Yeah, I guess we showed her who's boss. So, yeah, in the next scene... Michelle is 
coming out of a dark kitchen pushing a little red and yellow kitty grocery cart. And Jeremy says, I guess he had something like that when he was that age. But she's got, like, fried chicken. Always with the chicken, I swear. It's like their staple food, which... Don't get me wrong, I love good KFC chicken any 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 anytime. Extra crispy for me, of course. I mean, I'll eat original, but I, I'm down for extra crispy. So, here's the thing, though, because she turns the TV on, starts watching Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall? And she does a woo-woo-woo-woo-woo, you know, like the fist in the air, woo-woo-woo-woo-woo, you know, it's all big in the 90s. Uh... And Danny comes down, he's in his pajamas and robe, so wait a sec. Do they just like, okay, well, Michelle will go back to bed whenever and we'll just, you know, get dressed and turn in for the night? Because the house is, everyone, it looks like everyone's turned in for the night. So, I mean, is that the case? Or did they put her back to bed and she got back out again around like 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning? Oh, she doesn't just have a bucket of chicken in that little grocery basket. She's got some cookies, because we know that Michelle loves cookies. I don't know. Cookies and fried chicken, <laughs> fried, fried cold chicken, by the way, are a good combination. Michelle turns on the TV. Of course, the TV is blaringly loud, and everyone's doing the whoo, 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 whoo. And I love how Michelle's like, whoo, whoo, whoo. And Danny, of course, comes down and asks Michelle, Michelle, what are you doing up? And she looks at him over her shoulder, watching Arsenio. Uh, is this a weekend? Because if I were Danny and I had to get up at like 7 a.m. to get to, you know, get ready to start my day, and it's like 2, 3 in the morning, I would be pretty dang angry. Okay, this is, yeah, it's clearly the same night because she's wearing the same pajamas. And Danny is finally, because he's got his robe on and his pajamas, and he's like, young lady, I told you to go to bed. And he shuts the TV off. So Michelle offers Danny a piece of chicken, and here's where he goes into a lecture about right and wrong. No, he talks to her about the importance of sleep, and we all know Danny's lectures tend to, uh, put one out for the night because Michelle settles down with her head on the couch pillow and just starts to fall asleep. So yeah, he starts talking about the amount of sleep a person needs is based on their age. And he says, you know, a person your age probably needs about 10 hours of sleep where a night, whereas someone my age would probably get by on six or seven. So he says there are exceptions like a bear who can sleeps all the time, and a owl who, well, he's up all night. And then he notices Michelle's fallen asleep. Or has she? And he sits on the arm of the couch, and he looks at Michelle, he's like, Michelle, Michelle, I'm trying to, like, is she really asleep? He's like, okay, we'll go over this again tomorrow. <sighs> no way did she fall asleep that fast. Come on. I get it, Danny's lectures are tiresome and boring, but to put someone to sleep?
I'm like, no, you're not. Young lady, you know who those people are over there. I told you to get into bed. Want some chicken? Thanks. Michelle, I think it's time to talk to you about the importance of sleep. You see, the amount of sleep a person needs is inversely proportionate to their age. For example, a person your age probably needs, oh, 10 hours of sleep a night, whereas a person my age might be able to get by on, oh, six or seven. Of course, as with all rules, there are exceptions. A bear, he can sleep all winter, whereas an owl, he's up all night. Michelle? Michelle? We'll go over all this again tomorrow. So now it's the next day and DJ and Stephanie are in the backyard. DJ's raking the leaves and it looks like Stephanie is putting them in a giant pile. Okay, leaf raking 101 because Jeremy and I owned a house at one point and that's what we would do. Um, Steph, especially, she takes a arm load of leaves and walks it over like 10 to 15 feet where the garbage thing is. Well, maybe it's already filled with some leaves and it's getting kind of heavy. This is why, honestly, you would just get leaf bags. I mean, they must have existed in 1990. 1990? They must have, right? I would have thought so anyway. Because as she's walking the pile of leaves over, she's dropping, it's like a steady stream of leaves that are falling from her arms as she's walking it over. And even, yeah, DJ is like, Stephanie, what are you doing? Leaving a trail so you can find your way back? Because, yeah, now it's like you're creating a bigger mess by having a line of leaves from where the pile is all the way to the bin of where you're putting the leaves in. Michelle runs out. She's like, leaves! And she runs into the pile, kicking and everything. It's like, what are you doing, kid? Like, we've been working on this all afternoon. And I get DJ with it's like, Michelle, you... Wreck the leave pile. You gotta start raking. And she hands the rake to Michelle. Which, the rake is so huge. Yeah! They, they tell her, Michelle, cut it out. What are you... You don't just tell the kid, cut it out. You go over there, you remove her from the leaves, and say, you need to go back on the porch or go inside. We're not... Ugh. Yeah, DJ goes over with the rake and says, you wreck them, you rake them. Of course, Danny comes out, sees Michelle raking the leaves, and asks DJ and Stephanie, why is Michelle doing your punishment? And Stephanie's like, but Dad, she ran through And of course, DJ cuts her off like, Steph, Steph, save your energy. You'll need it to rake as she, DJ, rolls her eyes at Danny. Michelle stands in her kiddie pool. Why is that thing even out? You think, I mean, if it's too cold, then why is it even there by the porch? Just go put it away for the, win the fall or winter. Hey, Daddy, you want to go swimming? And Danny tells her, no, honey, it's too cold for swimming. But he turns around, hands the rake back to DJ and says, but it's a perfect day for raking. Ugh. 
cannot stand Danny. I cannot stand him right now. He's really getting in my craw. So Stephanie's like, let's just get this over with. And Danny walks back into the house. And now Michelle is trying to pull this kitty plastic swimming pool. Yeah. She's pulling the plastic kitty swimming pool. And Stephanie says, but Dad said no. And Michelle, as she's pulling it onto the porch, says, but I said yes. See, Danny, you really should have nipped this in the butt. I love how Danny's too busy to do whatever he's doing inside to see her pulling this thing in there. And DJ adds, but it's too cold outside, Michelle. And Michelle says, but I'm going to go swim inside. Outside. No swimming. That shouldn't even still be That's out there. It's a beautiful day for raking leaves. <laughs> Danny, stop being. Oh. Michelle, what are you doing? Going swimming? No, you're not. But Dad said no. Well, I said yes. But it's too mm. cold outside. That's why I'm swimming inside. That thing is bigger than she is. Joey. So. At this point in time in the series, season four, Jesse and Joey are advertisers. And they of Jesse, of course, has got a plate with a giant thing of liver on it. And Jesse is just looking he's got a fork in it, he's lifting it up, looking at it, just absolutely disgusting. Why did we ever agree to do an ad for the Natural uh, Liver Foundation or something like that? Okay, here's where Becky comes in and she found out that Jesse sold his guitar or pawned his guitar to his Elvis, signed Elvis guitar to pay for her engagement ring. And I'm just like, I'm kind of curious how Jesse came to be in possession of that. I almost wonder if maybe after Elvis passed away, there was an auction for his stuff, and one of them happened to be a signed Elvis guitar. Because it's not like he could go back, he could go on eBay in 1990 and make a bid on something like that. Oh, she had her ring appraised for insurance. Oh, well, that's a... Because she didn't know how much he spent, uh... Maybe she was just curious how much he spent on it. Or unless she took an insurance policy out on her engagement ring, I don't know. Yeah, and she looks at him and says, I didn't know you spent so much money on this. And he kisses her and says, well, don't worry about it, sweetheart. And she says, well, I am worried. I heard you had to sell your Elvis guitar to pay for the ring. Jesse, who told you? And then he looks over at Joe, Joseph. And I like how Becky... It's like, well, look, it's not Joey's fault. I made him tell me. In the most painful way, well, (laughs) I wouldn't like it if someone did that to my thumb. 
She bent it all the way back, just beyond the point where she probably could have broke his thumb. She's like, what'd she do, twist your arm? Joey says, no, she bent my thumb back like this, as he demonstrates. It really hurt. So Jesse hands Joey the plate with the liver on and like, get out of here, liver boy. And Joey says, okay, liverachi. Jesse stands up, walks across this room, and says, look, Becky, the ring is paid for. Case closed. Let's just move on. And she's, okay, well, I got you a present, too. She got the guitar back. Did he take it to a pawn shop? How'd she get it back? Did they keep the case? Or did he, did he keep the case? You know that nice, soft faux fur lining with the, uh, the little beeper alarm on it? I don't think the pawn shop kept the case. And Jesse is like, look, I, I can't accept the guitar. It, seriously, it'd be like you chipping him for your own ring. So Becky doesn't understand the issue. Like, what's the big deal? What's wrong with that? And he's like, everything is wrong with it. It's tradition. Man buys ring for a woman. She wears it. They live happily ever after. Nowhere in that sentence does it say woman buys man guitar. So Becky looks at Jesse and says, how am I supposed to respond to that male Neanderthal logic? And of course, typical guy, Jesse's like, well, just by responding, Jesse, you're right. You've always been right. You'll always be right. Oh, really? I think she's going to go for the, I'm going to like almost attempt to break your thumb move here. <laughs> she says, oh, I'll stitch a sampler of that and hang it right over the mantle. Kudos to Becky. She slips the ring off her finger and says, hey, if you can't accept the guitar, I, I can't accept the ring. Sorry. And I'm just thinking, it's like, you're about to be married. You're going to be sharing finances. And that's the thing about marriage. That is either whether, it seems like the biggest arguments in a marriage are either going to be, you know, if you got kids and you disagree how to handle you know, raising them, or money. 100% money is going to be a big thing, especially if you're sharing a bank account. She tells him, Jesse, you don't have to be this tough, macho guy with me. You know, we're a team now. It's like, yeah, I mean, look at that going into a marriage. You're a team. You're partners. You're life partners. Everything you go through, you're going to go through it together. You know, as, as the vows are, for richer, for poorer, for in sickness and in health, you're going to go through that together. That's what marriage is. It's bringing two people together to share a life together. I mean, you're going to have your ups when things are going great, and you're going to have your downs when things really, really suck. But at least you're going to have someone there to lean on and who knows what you're going through because you're both going through it together at the same time. I mean, that's the thing. It's just sometimes it's going to get hard. It's going to be downright hard. And sometimes you're going to want to give up and you're going to want to throw in the towel. And then you remember, it's like, no, we said we're going through this together and we're going to get through it together one way or another. You battle out the hard times so you can bask in the good times. What's that saying, go? If we made it through this, we can make it through anything. We can make through anything together. You struggle together, you snuggle together. I don't know, I just made that up. It probably makes no sense, but... Through the snuggles and the struggles. 
Yes, Becky. She tells him, I want this marriage to be an equal partnership, so please let me be as generous to you as you have been to me. He is really molding Jesse. She's really making him think. Like, this is not a male-dominated marriage. This is a partnership. We're both coming at this from different viewpoints, but there's got to be a way. You know, Compromise, compromise, compromise. Always leave room for compromise. And Jesse is really standing his ground on this. He says, it just doesn't feel right. I can't take the guitar back. So yes, Becky does resort to, okay, I'm just going to have to bend your finger back all the way. Yeah, she's like, okay, how does this feel? Because she's got her hand on his, and she starts bending his finger all the way back. Like, take it back, take it back. He's like, okay, okay, I'll, 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 I'll take it back. And Becky takes the, uh, the ring off Jesse's finger, puts it back on her own, and says, see, Jess, you were right. You've always been right, and you always will be right. <laughs> she smiles at him like, yep. And Jesse's like, right. <laughs> Joey, why did we ever agree to do a commercial for the National Liver Council? Hey, you guys, can I interrupt? Please. Uh, Jess, honey, I had my ring appraised for insurance. I had no idea you spent so much money on it. Uh, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Well, I am worried because I know that you sold your Elvis guitar to help pay for it. Who told you? Joseph. Well, no, it's not Joey's fault. I made him tell me. What'd she do, twist your arm? No, she bent my thumb back like this. <laughs> and it really hurt. Get out, liver boy. Hey, liverachi. <laughs> Look, Becky, the ring is paid for, case closed. All right, fine. But it just so happens I bought you a present, too. Remember your favorite guitar? Becky, this, this is very sweet, but I, I can't accept a guitar. I mean, it would be like you chipping in for your own ring. So what's wrong with that? Well, everything. That's the tradition we're talking here. Man buys woman ring, woman wears ring, man and woman live happily ever after. Nowhere in the story does it say woman buys guitar. How am I possibly supposed to respond to that kind of twisted Neanderthal logic? Very simple. By saying, Jesse, you're right, you've always been right, and you'll always be right. I'll stitch a sampler of that and hang it right over the mantle. <clears throat> Look, Jess, if you don't accept the guitar, then I'm afraid I can't accept the ring. Becky. Jesse, look, you don't have to be this tough, macho guy with me. We're a team now, and I would like it if our marriage was an equal partnership. So let me be as generous to you as you are to me. Becky, listen, it all makes sense to me, but I just, I just can't take the guitar back. It just doesn't feel right. Okay. How does this feel? I'll take it back. I'll take it back. See, Jess? You were right. You've always been right. You always will be right. Right. So we see Michelle put her kiddie pool filled it with water. I'd like to know how she did that. <laughs> and she put it actually right near the door that goes into the living room from the kitchen. And Stephanie says, oh, you having fun, Michelle? And Michelle says, surf's up, dudes. And DJ is like, I'm not about this. He says, surf's up, dudes. Well, your time's up, dudette. And DJ tells Michelle, I'm calling dad. And Stephanie's like, wait a minute. Just let me be sure about this. We can't get in trouble for this, right? And DJ says, oh, no way. 
Yeah, DG tells Stephanie, not this time. Look at her. She, she's a sitting duck. And Stephanie says, oh, we got her now. And they both call for Danny. Like, Dad, get in here. Danny opens the door to, and says, girls, what's all that? And his foot immediately goes into the water. Oh, in that pool. Ugh. I'm going to have to air out that shoe. Of course, Michelle looks at him, up at him, glaring. No shoes in the pool. Danny glares at DJ and Stephanie. Girls, you better have an explanation for this. I'm like, excuse me? Really? You think that those girls are going to let Michelle have a little pool party? I don't think so. And Stephanie turns to DJ. He's like, see, I told you he's blaming us. This is a nightmare. Luckily, DJ is the one that takes control. Like, wait, no, this is not how this looks. Yeah, DJ says, Dad, it's not our fault. Michelle dragged in her pool. Michelle filled the pool up with water. Michelle blew up her floaties. And Michelle threw herself a pool party. The key word here is Michelle. Yeah, Stephanie says, the key word here, Dad, is Michelle. Again, he's going, like, well, if you saw her do all those things, then why didn't you stop her? I'm like, excuse me, we were out raking the leaves. Like you told us to. Why are we supposed to be babysitting Michelle and raking the leaves at the same time? Danny, you need to put a handle on this kid. She's walking all over you. You're the parent, not DJ and Stephanie. So Michelle's actions are pretty much falling onto your shoulders. Because you're letting that kid get away with whatever she wants. Thank you, Deej. After Danny says, why didn't you stop her? DJ says, well, you let her get away with whatever she, with whatever she wants. True, true, 100%. Yes, he does. And Danny's like, well, no, I don't. And Michelle looks up at him with this big smile on her face. Yes, you do. I'm your little princess. See? See? Even Michelle's like, yes, you do. And Danny finally admitting, uh-oh, this is all my fault. Yes, it is. <laughs> Again with the mock turtlenecks. I mean, ugh. And it's kind of a maroonish type color that goes with his blue, black, mar maroonish looking button-up v-neck sweater. Not a v-neck sweater, but it's like a, a cardigan, but ugh. no, mock turtlenecks. And those are the ones that just, they have the little collar. You don't got to fold down, but I just, I don't like them any more than regular turtlenecks. And Stephanie can't believe it. She's like, what? Michelle's off the hook again? And DJ says, wow, I mean, she is really good. And Danny looks at Stephanie and DJ and says, she is not off the hook. And he looks down at Michelle and says, all right, little princess, you and I need to have a talk. And she <laughs> asks, am I in big trouble, mister? And it's like, uh, yeah, you are. And he says, yes, ma'am. It's like, at least she knows, with that tone of voice, like, yeah, you, you're in over your head, kiddo. You really been pushing the buttons a little too much, so you're gonna have to face the consequences. And the thing is, if Danny had been using that tone of voice when dealing with Michelle, yeah, she probably would have been taking him a little more seriously. So Danny has Michelle stand up, wraps towel around her, and he tells DJ and Stephanie, if you'll excuse us, I need to talk to Michelle about her very first punishment. 
Oh, let me guess. He has DJ and Stephanie clean up and try to empty. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's why that hose was out there. Because Michelle somehow apparently was still connected to the side of the house. Is that how that worked? She dragged that hose in there and turned it on. That water would be cold. So Danny picks Michelle up, puts her on the end of the kitchen aisle or the kitchen counter, and DJ tells Danny, nail her, Dad. And if she tries any of that cute stuff, think of your wet shoe. Yeah, because this is about it. his shoe is wet, his sock is wet. Ugh, he's a squishy feet. No one likes that. I don't know anyone that likes having a, a wet shoe and a wet sock and just you can't do anything about it. Well, I mean, you could. Danny says, I'll remember that as he, like, uh, points to, like, you girls can leave the room or go upstairs or whatever. So, Michelle, Danny levels his eyes with Michelle, you know, at her level, and he says, Michelle, you've had it pretty easy around here. And she looks at him and says, I like it here. <laughs> you think, the way he says, you've had it pretty easy around here, almost like, is he going to kick her out? <laughs> and Danny tells her, things are about to change. And we kind of learn a little bit about why probably Danny has been holding off punishing her as he says, Michelle, you're very special to me because you're my last baby. So that, yeah, that's probably, as they say, sometimes the baby of the family does get away with stuff. And, you know, me being the baby of the family, you know, I only had an older sister, but yes, I did get away with stuff I most likely shouldn't have. I'm not saying that I went without being punished, but there were some things like, eh, could have put your foot down a little more. And Danny tells Michelle, you know, you're my last, you know, you're my last baby, you know, I guess I wanted you to stay that way. Because, yeah, all he was seeing was little baby Michelle. He wasn't looking at her, at this four-year-old, you know, terror running around. And the fact that, yeah, even it, what was it? Was it the review I read that said that in a way that Danny felt like Michelle was too young to be punished? Which, four years old is not young. In fact, I think that is too late to start punishing. You need to start, you know, depending on the child and the predicament and everything. Danny says, I gotta face it, you're a big girl now. And if you do something wrong, you're going to be punished. Michelle, <laughs> is it over now? And Danny says, no. Listening to me talk is not a punishment. Granted, it does happen to put you to sleep. And Danny reassures Michelle. He says, honey, I'm only doing this because I love you. And she leans forward and says, I love you, Daddy, and kisses him on the nose. Aww. And Danny's starting to waffle, but he's got to think of that wet shoe. My shoe is wet. My shoe is wet. As he's carrying Michelle up the stairs and she's kissing him on the cheek, he's like, my shoe is wet. It's like, yeah, don't waffle this time. You already told her that she's old enough to be punished. You need to follow through. Now your time's up, Dudette. I'm calling Dad. Wait, is there any possible way we can get blamed for this? Not this time. Look at her, she's a sitting duck. <laughs> we got her now. Dad, get in here! Hurry up! Girls, what's all the... <laughs> no shoes in the pool. Girls, you better have an explanation for this. <laughs> He's blaming Seriously? us. This is a nightmare. Dad, it's not 
Michelle dragged in her pool. Michelle filled it with water. Michelle blew up her floaties, and Michelle threw herself a pool party. <coughs> Dad, the key word here is Michelle. <laughs> well, if you saw her do all those things, why didn't you try and stop her? Because you let her do whatever she wants. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm a little princess. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> this is all my fault. What? She's off the hook again? She is really good. She is not off the hook. Okay, little princess. You and I need to talk. Am I in big trouble, mister? Oh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Stand up, please. Girls, if you'll excuse us for a moment, I need to talk to Michelle about her very first punishment. Nail her, Dad. <laughs> and if she tries to pull any of that cute stuff... Think of your wet shoe. I'll remember that. <laughs> Michelle, you've had it pretty easy around here. I like it, Tia. Well, things are about to change. The truth is, Michelle, you're very, very special to me. Because you're my last little baby. And I guess, in a way, I wanted you to stay that way. But I gotta face it. You're a big girl now. So if you do something wrong, you're old enough to be punished. Is it over now? No, listening to me talk is not punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Although it does seem to help you go to sleep. Honey, I just want you to know I'm only doing this because I love you. I love you, Daddy. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. My shoe is wet. Okay. My shoe is wet. My shoe is wet. My shoe is wet. So now we get to Michelle's punishment. She's in her room. She's sitting in a little kid-sized chair, staring at a bookshelf that's got toys and books. And she actually has her stuffed animals on either side of her. She's got uh, the, you only see the backsides. One is a kangaroo. One could be maybe a hippopotamus. And then one looks like a miniature kangaroo with like a camo, camouflage outfit on. And she's, <laughs> this is no fun, no fun looking at the wall. And we don't know how long this punishment was. Is, is, was it a half hour? Was it an hour? Was it 20 minutes? Who's to say, I mean, was Danny standing in the doorway watching the entire time to make sure she just didn't get up and start, like, you know, playing with her toys or that, that she actually stayed in that chair the whole time? I mean, do you think a bedroom is, you know, a child's bedroom is a great place to, you know, have them go through their punishment? Or do you think it should be a neutral area, like sit in the corner in the living room or in the kitchen or the dining room or, or, or whatever? So Danny comes into the room and he says, Michelle, are you ready to be a good girl now? And he turns the little chair, rocking chair around 
and she's holding on to Pinky the pig. She says, I'll be a very good girl. And he asks her, did you learn a lesson from this? And she says, yes, I did. No swimming in the kitchen. He's like, well, yes, no swimming in the kitchen, but there's more to it than just that. And he tells her, yes, that is a very good lesson. However, there is a bigger lesson here. Daddy, Joey, and Uncle Jesse know what's best for you, sweetheart. So if we tell you to do something, you need to do it. Capiche? Uh, he says, deal, and he puts his hand out, and she shakes it and says, you're the boss. And he's like, all right, punishment's over. And immediately, she throws her p stuffed pig at Danny and says, time to play. And he's like, no, it's time for bed. And she asks, can we watch Arsenio? And he asks, what do you think? And she says, I think it's time for bed. It's like, yes, you are correct. So, yeah. <laughs> Picks her up. He says, it's time for bed. To bed, I guess said. Again with the Dr. Seuss. So he puts her in bed. And Michelle asks a question. You know, and it, she asks, Daddy, and I, am I still your little princess? And it's like, aw. It's like, kiddo, just because he punished you doesn't mean you're not his little princess. Of course, he sticks his thumb up and says, oh, you got it, dude. <laughs> Aww. Okay, no, no. Looking at the wall. Michelle? Yes, Daddy? Are you ready to be a good girl now? I'll be a very good girl. Good. And did you learn a lesson from all of this? Yes, I did. No swimming in the kitchen. Yes, no swimming in the kitchen. That's a very important lesson. But there's a bigger lesson here. Daddy, Uncle Jesse, and Joey, we know what's best for you. So, honey, when we ask you to do something, you should do it. Deal? You're the boss. Okay, then. Punishment is over. Time to play. <laughs> no, it's not. Time for bed. Can we watch our senior? What do you think? I think it's time for bed. You think right. It's time for bed. Too bad, I said. Daddy, am I still your little princess? Oh, you got it, dude. So, yeah, I like that after the, the punishment is over. Dan I mean, Danny does ask her, do you know why I asked you to sit in the corner? And, you know, he explains. Also, I like to, you know, when she asks, am I still your little princess? He's like, <laughs> even though he says, you got it, dude. He could have said, you know, honey, even though I'm punishing you does not mean I'm going to love you any less. It doesn't mean that I don't love you. Because I think she just, she needed that reassurance. It's like, that just because he's angry and he punishes you doesn't mean, you know, your relationship's going to change. That he's going to love you any less when you're being bad. But then again, I mean, she's four. I mean, simplifying it just now that she knows if you act up and you don't do what we say or you do something that we tell you not to do, you are going to be punished. And you are going to have to learn that your actions when you defy us are going to have consequences. You know, she's four. That doesn't mean she's not yet. 
too young that she can't understand that her actions are going to have consequences when she defies, you know, her dad or Joey or Uncle Jesse. Like, tell you to do something, then you better do it. But, you know, I thought this was a good episode, and Eli chose this for Father's Day because we get to see Danny actually finally, after three seasons, you know, punish Michelle. Like, we, you've had it really easy around here. We've let you get away with a lot more stuff than you should have, and we really need to start laying down the law with you. As in, if you do something we don't like... We're going to have a conversation about it. And if you keep acting up and doing stuff that you're not supposed to, you're going to have to be punished. As they say, you do the crime, you do the time. So, worst outfit of the episode. I am 100% hands down giving it to Danny with that uh, maroonish colored mock turtleneck. And then the, um, the cardigan type... Uh, sweater thing he's got going on with the matching maroon and then black and blue, you know, wavy stripes or whatever. I just, ugh, I didn't, I didn't, I don't like Danny and mock turtlenecks or turtlenecks. They're just, no, thank you. As far as best outfit of the episode, I gotta go with uh, Jesse's blue shirt in uh, the scene where Becky brings Jesse back his guitar and says she wants to go in halvesies on the engagement ring because it costs so much. But I mean other than that, I mean no no one's outfit looked particularly, you know, stand outish among others. Like sometimes there's some that are like, oh I like that outfit. I like that shirt. That shirt is got you know, and I'll automatically know or I'll like, oh that outfit this shirt looks horrible. And I'll know, like right off the bat, like that is the one. And then I'll have like, you know, a one or two runners up if that's the case. But this is just like nah, not 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 too much. Tanner's teachable moments, of course, for the Michelle situation. Again, I've said throughout the episode, it's just kids do need limits. It's never too early to start laying down a law and telling your child what you expect of them when it comes to minding when it comes to their actions when they're doing stuff you don't like like I told you don't do that or I told you again don't say those words follow through with the punishment I am happy that gosh I hope that punishment where you know when kids would swear my aunt used to do that with her kids she'd put a bar of soap in their mouth and I remember walking past the bathroom when my aunt was doing that to one of her kids and it traumatized me for crying out loud Oh my gosh. Um, I hope that has been kind of uh, <laughs> outdated to the point where maybe there's another method that isn't as extreme as putting soap in a kid's mouth just because they said a dirty word. Um, as far as Jesse and, and that engagement ring and, and Becky with her wanting to go have these on it. I mean, it seems like a lot of the time... I don't know those out there that actually do go engagement shop, ring shopping together. Like I said, with me, it was a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. I was just like, oh, okay, we're going to a jewelry shop. Okay, sure, you're getting... Because he didn't say until Jeremy got back into the car 
Like, oh, I hope my mom, I'm sure my mom will like those <laughs> earrings that I got for her. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I didn't realize it until he pulled the box. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, that's not my reaction. I was like, okay, yes. Because <laughs> we had talked about getting married and stuff like that. We had talked about, why don't we do it in 2007? You know, we'd be dating for over three years and everything like that. But I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's wrong if the wife wants to, or the fiance wants to go in on the ring. Why should that be a big macho thing where Jesse is really, really hanging on to the morals and standards that his father, Nick, instilled in him? It's like, and I like how Becky is like, you don't have to be like that with me. This isn't you know, one person, I shouldn't say overpowering, but it's not one person dictating how things should go. This is, this is a situation. We're both going to be married. We're both going to be, you know, working together on our finances and we're both partners. So why can't we both come at this and just say, you know, I'm the one who's wearing the ring. I should have a, you know, a say in it. Like if I want to help you out, let's do that. I mean, and that is the first financial decision they can make going into a marriage. And, and that's the thing. Sometimes in marriages, it boils down to you get the what's mine is mine. What's what yours is yours. It's like, no, what's yours should be ours and vice versa. It just, but then again, I guess it, it just, it depends on, on the couple too. Because I know a thing where like a marriage is like, oh, you have a joint account, but then someone else has their own singular account. Like I have my own bank account still from before I got married and I still have it today it's it's not a point of I just I don't understand it why money is just it's such a big big thing it just seems like that's one of the big fights in, in marriages or maybe not fights but just disagreements is is down to money but you know and this isn't the only thing that Jesse and Becky are gonna you know come to a head about a lot of it also when Nikki and Alex are born and Jesse has his way of how all oh, my boys are going to be you know strong independent you know men and stand up for themselves and this and that but he's also wanting to display like machoism and this and that like oh I don't want them playing with dolls and so we'll get to that episode when we get to that episode but but Becky is also wanting to instill in the boys like a gentleness a respectfulness which yeah, come at it, at, at it together. I mean, don't, you you don't need, Jesse, you do not need to be instilling your values of what Nick, some of the things that Nick taught you that are very outdated that, uh, yeah. Yeah, those are my tanner, tan, tanner, tanner teachable moments for this episode. So, as I said, this episode is for Father's Day, so I will be releasing it on June... 20th that's right this this coming sunday father's day gosh i can't believe this year is almost half over with <laughs> almost more like is half over with so yeah so of course next week i will be finishing <laughs> the episode uh the reunion series with Fuller House Season 2, Episode 11, DJ and Kimmy's High School Reunion. 
A high school reunion. Hey, Quinnells. Leaves DJ wondering whether she still has feelings for Steve, while a hapless Kimmy is trending for all the wrong reasons. And then, as I said, July is still kind of up into the air. I want to do a leap of faith, leap of faith for Full House season eight for Lori Laughlin's birthday, and I do want to cover an episode for. I'm blanking. Michael Campion, who plays Jackson Fuller, for his birthday in July. And then, of course, the sister series will be in August. And then, of course, as I do ever, it seems like uh, the last couple of Septembers has always been kind of a back-to-school month, so we're going to focus on episodes like that. So I've been kind of thinking about this episode and Danny punishing Michelle for the first time. And it's making me think of other sitcoms that have a parent punishing a child for the first time. One example, of course, I would like to show is from Silver Spoons. It's season one, episode two, Boys Will Be Boys. Silver Spoons, if you're not aware of it, about is it about a young 12-year-old boy named Ricky who goes to live with his father who he just met and they are trying to figure out their relationship. Ricky's never had a father in his life and his father has never, you know, had a child in his life. So when it comes to punishment, it's it's a little awkward, uh, but it is very, very meaningful and heartfelt at the same time. And it seems like... You know how they say kids don't come with instructions? And it just seems like there's kind of a like a learning curve and, and, and stuff with that. But in a way, if you think about it, you're learning how to, you know, parent your child. Your child is learning how to take discipline in a acceptable form. Oh, Mr. <laughs> Give me a chance. 
my father was working in his study. So I thought I'd surprise him with a cold, fresh glass of orange juice. But <laughs> just as I was about to hand it to him, I tripped. And I spilled the juice all over his important papers. Uh-oh. Well, was he mad? I hope everyone out there celebrating does have a good happy Father's Day. And of course, like I said, I'm doing this episode in honor of Father's Day and Danny Tanner. So. <laughs> All right, everybody. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And if you like the podcast, you want to support it, leave a review on iTunes at the Old Atlanta Holy Chulipas unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Just search Full House or Fuller House podcast. Leave a review. You can use emojis. And also, all reviews for the podcast help the podcast get out there and noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. If you'd like to leave an email for me, I'd love to hear from you. You can send an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Bye-bye, everyone.